Well, welcome. Uh, we're learning all together now how to embrace this new normal. That's, that's why we're here. We're, we're here to worship God, but I think God has a lot to say to us about how to embrace this new uh, way of life. And, and, and let me explain your life like this. Let's pretend your life is like a balloon. And let's talk pre-pandemic, okay? Pre -pre uh, you, let's say, so you start off, you... Uh, You've got some family, or you've got friends in your life, and that begins to fill your, your life up. And, but, but then you've got some stuff you decide to do, just fun, and put some more into your life. Then you decide, let's make life simpler. Uh, let's get married, because that will make life all better. It'll fix every problem, and that, that's fantastic. And you're like, man, now that we're married, let's make life even more simple. Uh, let's, let's have kids. Kid one, kid two, and you're done. Uh-oh, kid three. Life's getting a bit more full. Uh, and most of us understand this. Maybe it wasn't that that you had. Maybe you, you got a job, and maybe you got another side hustle. Maybe you decided to start a new hobby, and kids start practice. You getting scared yet? I mean, do you, do you remember pre-pandemic life where it felt so full that at any moment you could, you could just, it could all just go away. You remember that? And, but, but I know now, now we're in a pandemic. Many of us, uh, we might be, I don't know, working for a home and maybe your schedule's changed and it's like, it's not majorly different. Uh, some of you right now, are you hating on me? You're like, oh, David, pandemic life is more extreme. In fact, let, let me take you to one of the most controversial, one of the most controversial posts during this pandemic. Uh, here it is, it, this was on Twitter, but it, but it went all over the place. Uh, if you don't come out of this quarantine with either a new skill starting, which you've been putting off like a, like a new business or, or more knowledge, you didn't ever lack the time, you lacked the discipline. Oh, some of you are like, Preach it. And some of you are offended right now. You're like, I reject that in the name of Jesus. Get away from me. And you're just so mad about it. That's why not too long after this got posted, people began to uh, post their, their own versions of this. Uh, same stuff. If you don't come out of this quarantine with either a bunch of stuff, uh, you're probably a human and should still be proud of making it through ex this extremely rough time. Huh. Interesting take, right? We have a tendency to take one way or the other, and I don't know what your view is of this pandemic, and, and I can tell you, though, you and I, most of us went into it with this full schedule. That's the problem. See, whether it's pre-pandemic or, or during the regular life, or, or maybe this quarantine life, I think a lot of us have not stopped the hurry. And maybe not by, not, like, not your own doing, but I know some of us went from like, okay, routine, busy, and, and full to now, now yeah, we don't go to the office like we used to, or we don't take kids to practice like we used to, or, or we don't get together with friends like we used to, but, but now I'm a teacher at home for a, for a seven-year-old and, and a 16-year-old and 11-year-old, and, and now we're, we're making far more meals at home, so there's not only like, dinner prep, but there's lunch prep, and, and 
See, isn't it amazing that you and I, no matter what's, what's demanding on us on the outside, we feel hurried. You ever feel hurried? You ever feel like this is life so full that you don't think you can take one more breath in there? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the new normal, this needs to be brought up. And if you aren't careful, uh, let, me, let me show you what the Bible teaches. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good, okay? Haste makes mistakes. That's what I want to highlight. Haste makes mistakes. You've been in danger of making mistakes. Maybe you have been making mistakes, and oftentimes because this is so full, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at the Lord. You ever been there? I think what happens is we... We make a mistake or a foolishness and we lose our grip. And there's this moment where all of a sudden life seems out of control, like we're losing all of the air, like we have no breathing room. And we begin to blame God or others or our bosses or this or that. And perhaps it's because we've been living in such hurry and we've not looked at our time as though we should pay attention to it. Do you know that it was, it was in the 50s in the 50s, there was a really smart guy who did a major study, and he even coined a term. Here, here's, here's the term, hurry sickness. This actually exists. They did a major study of people, and here, hurry sickness, a continuous struggle and unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things in less and less time. Do you know that this is now defined? It's locked in hurry sickness. I wonder if you have it. I'm going to tell you the new normal, you need to fix it. So we, we as a church are leaning in because we, we have the option, if you want to, we have the option of looking like post-pandemic, maybe when things start to open up and we begin to get into more of our, our, our routines where you can do the same thing over and over. But what if you and I said, you know what, this, this hurry thing, this hurry thing is not working. It's not allowing my family to thrive or, or even my own soul to, to thrive. What if you and I, Dove in and went after this. In fact, in fact, if you if you be open to this, saying maybe maybe my maybe I was too full, maybe I was like rushing to this and that and this and that. Let's learn from Jesus. Jesus all of a sudden finds himself with a ton, a ton of demand. Let me bring you into the story. He's he's in a town staying staying with friends, disciples. Uh, that evening after sunset, many 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 many. Many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. They were brought to Jesus. Many were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. Hopefully you're, you're catching the theme here. You've got Jesus. He's in his home and many, and then they just lean on. The, the whole town, the whole town is now at the house. The whole town. You ever felt like life like feels that way? Where everyone is seeking you out, putting demands on you, asking of you. You've got kids going, do this for me. You've got a spouse going, do this for me. You've got a boss going, do this for me. You've got coaches doing this for me. You've got teachers, do this for me. You have these demands, these friends, I need this. And you, have, you just feel pulled in all directions. Jesus. This is, this is what we've got to get about Jesus. He gets it. He's, he's in the house and he's got the whole 
town demanding of him. And he heals people. We don't know the exact time. We just know that this went late into the night. Eventually, people go home, and the next day, uh, people get back up from wherever they were, and they begin to regather at the house. They begin to look for Jesus, but nobody can find Jesus. Not even the disciples. They, they have no idea where Jesus is. The, the sun comes up, and they're like, where's Jesus? There are people who, who need him. Where is he? Where is he? And Well, they find him. Before daybreak the next morning, the next morning, after he had spent who knows how many hours healing people, paying attention to their demands, they go to sleep, but before daybreak the next morning, before, before the sun comes up, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. All these demands, all these people. If you, if you read this in the Bible, you even hear the disciples, in essence, almost scolded Jesus saying, don't you know everyone wants you? Don't you know everyone needs you? And they find him in the midst of all of these demands, all these legit needs. He's by himself praying. It's because Jesus knew something that you and I need to know. Pace and peace are connected. Pace and peace, they're connected. You, I think you know this. You, you, you know this. In fact, let's look at even a, another example. Jesus gives us an example. Let me show you another one. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Keep in mind, this is a guy who is killed at the age of 33-ish. If you knew that you only had 33 years in life and you looked at how you're gonna live your life, you're probably like, here's the long list. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do this. No, Jesus, Jesus said, the guy who doesn't have a lot of time. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his, his apostles didn't even have, have time to eat. Oh, I know some of you have said this. You've missed me like I didn't even have time to eat. Yeah, so busy. So in your busyness, in your hurry, I wonder what it's looked like in your life if you've been thriving in the midst of hurry. There is a lesson here that you and I have got to grab a hold of. There is a lesson so significant in this. We look at Jesus, we look at how he modeled life, we looked at what Jesus said, what he does. You and I need to extract this. But, and you might think the lesson, okay, pastor preacher man says that we're not supposed to hurry so much when we're able to get back out. You know that as soon as we get released, <laughs> you know that most of us are, let's go do this, go do this. Let's start packing the schedule full and, and redoing the calendar and putting this and that. I gotta go see that person. I gotta go buy that. I gotta go over there. You know that you and I have a tendency to get into a hurry. And you might think the only lesson is, all right, Jesus doesn't want us to hurry so much. Well, true. But do you know why? Maybe you don't know why. Why, why God who made you 
doesn't want you to live in a state of hurry, 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 rush, rush, rush. Well, I can show you why. There's something major at hand here. Jesus was asked uh, what, what the most important thing to do, uh, what the most important commandments. Uh, here's what he said. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the, is the one and only Lord, and you must love. Ooh, don't, don't miss that. You must love. Okay. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Okay. The second is equally important, love. Ooh, there, there it was again. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Who, guess what? This is important. I highlighted it for you. I hope you'll lean into it. Because here's why Jesus never, never hurried. And he got in trouble for it many times, got scolded for it. Hurry and love are incompatible. And you've got Jesus telling you and I that loving God, loving others is the most important thing in life. And I'm telling you, you and I will not be able to do this. We won't be able to love well if we're always in hurry mode. I mean, I've experienced this. We as a family have experienced this lately. I mean, I've said many times, but but maybe you and I don't know each other, that it is is a priority for our family to make sure that we sit at the dinner table for dinner. Maybe you call it supper, I don't know, but but we sit sit there and and we talk and we hear about each other's days. Usually it was like, hey, how'd school go? Or or how was practice? Or or how how was youth group? Or all that kind of stuff. Or how was your interaction with your friends and stuff like that? That's what we would sit at dinner and, and we would talk and really connect and really, we wanted to love each other, so we got to know about each other. Well, the problem is uh, the pandemic started, school went away, practice went away, youth group kind of went away, and so we're like, so how was your, um, how are you? (laughs) And when you ask a teenager how they're doing, it's usually one word, and what we found was our dinner times during this time were kind of encountering this hurry mode, whereas pretty much we sat down because we knew it's a value, it's a value we have, but basically eat your food and then get going. Like go, go play outside, go, go, go watch a movie, but so my wife, who is amazing, absolutely amazing, she put something at the center of the table. Scrabble pieces. Yeah. Now, you may not like Scrabble, but here we do it we, we, a little different. All of us sit at the table, and in the center are Scrabble pieces. We each grab 15 Scrabble pieces. And as we sit there and eat our food, we put words together. We begin to talk to each other about the words that we're creating. And sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're totally inappropriate, just so you know. There, there's a lot of different stuff that we begin to assemble words and we begin to talk and connect. And no longer is dinner hurried because there's a connection point. I want you to see that this is a big, big deal. We've got to love each other. And so we're faced with a significant choice hurry or love. I wonder what you've been choosing. Because in life, you can blame other people. You have the freedom to do that. But if you want to do what what God has called us to do, you've got to be willing to choose love at the cost 
of slowing down. <laughs> so I, know I, can hear, I can hear some of you right now, because you're like, well, if he only knew what, no, no. You'll never be able to have more demand on you than Jesus had on him. Not only did Jesus only live about 33 years, he didn't start what we call his ministry till about 30, which means he did his ministry for about three, three and a half years. If anyone had a reason to hurry, he did. If any, I mean, he's gonna save the world, right? All of humankind. What he had at stake was huge. I'm not saying your life isn't significant. I'm trying to help you and I to stop blaming. And I hope you'll choose love and not hurry. So in Jesus' life, in the Bible, we begin to extract, so how in the world do I, do I love well? Well, here's the first one. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. This is imperative. You gotta take care of yourself. Now, some of you are like, uh, okay, this kind of feels like self-help. Uh, you know, is David saying that, that I should you know, go for a walk, maybe not eat the whole bag of Doritos? Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But again, there's more at stake here. Let me take you, let me take you back. Do you remember I read to all, the, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're not reading this correctly, let me help you. That means your, your loving of yourself, how you take care of yourself, dramatically impacts how you take care of others. Meaning if you don't love yourself, if you are hurrying so much, you're neglecting yourself over and over. If you're refusing to take good care of your body and your mind and your soul, then you're not going to be able in a healthy way to help love others and love God. This doesn't mean that you get obsessed with yourself, but th see, that's how we do. We swing one side or the other, where we completely obsess about ourselves or we completely neglect ourselves. There's a lesson here. You gotta take care of yourself if you're gonna love others well. I wonder. I wonder if you would be willing to say, you know what, I've gotta start paying attention. I've gotta pay attention to how active am I? I mean, you can look at the old life, the old life, the way you used to, like, did, did you spend time alone? Jesus spent time alone praying, isolated, to take care of himself. You know how to take care of yourself. My guess is you might have been, you, you're, you're neglecting it. And you're like, but I haven't had time. Exactly, exactly. That's why we as a church, that's why you and I ought to go after this. Our new normal, it needs margin. It needs margin so bad, so bad. You, you need margin. You need, you need to put into the time to where, where you're able to spend time doing what you should be doing. Uh, here, here's an example. It, uh, just let's, let's go to like class here for a second. I don't know if you've ever seen this. You probably have seen this. And you say, right now, I don't, I don't have margin. I don't, I don't, I don't have the time to, to do stuff that, that I want to do and, and all that. And, and, and you got to have margin. Here, here's the example. Uh, you, you, most of us fill our lives first with the, with the little things. The things that aren't radically meaningful. They're, they're, they're important, but but there's little things. And they were like, oh, but now, now I'm supposed to you know, take care of the kids, love, love God, I, I talk, love God, uh, love, love others, love myself, and 
And, and you begin to try to, to like construct stuff, but it, it just doesn't fit right. It doesn't do well. I mean, you've seen, you've seen this. But go on YouTube. You'll see others do it even, even better than, than I do. That's not the way to do it. That's not how you create margin. Let me teach you if you've never learned how to create margin. It's, it's very simple. You, you, you got to do the important stuff first. Here, important stuff first, where you begin to put the, put the stuff about, about yourself. Take care of yourself Worship God as, as much as possible. Pay attention to the things that God wants you to pay attention to first. And then, according to the way they say the example is, the small stuff can fit in. And you can actually appear, as my kids would say, Dad, you just did magic. That's, that's how it's supposed to work. In fact, let me, let me take you back. Let me take you back to the scripture. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. If you don't make time, if you don't make time for the important things, the unimportant things are gonna grab a hold of you. In fact, here's, here's the lesson, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus had margin because he made margin. There's an intentionality there. Jesus had margin because he made it. This new normal, you need to make margin. I mean, there's, there's various ways to do this. I mean, I can walk you into my own life and say, well, here's, here's how I do it and here's how I not do it. But, but, but I know you're gonna need help doing this because if Jesus valued margin, then you should value margin. And what you do in this is you start your day differently, maybe. Maybe how you used to start your day, you're gonna, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna start my day by, by being alone and, and praying. Or, or, or maybe you're gonna figure out, you know what, I haven't been working out or I haven't been active like I should. I haven't been eating how I should. So at the very beginning of the day, here's how I'm gonna engage this day. And you create the margin. You, you establish the most important things first. But you will need help. I'm just telling you, you're gonna need help. You have to have help. You require help. Because some of us are like, I don't know how to do this on my own. Well, you, that's the problem. You, you don't do life on your own. Perhaps this, this whole sermon leads into, like, how do we embrace this, this new normal? We get help. Look what Jesus said. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and, and carry heavy burdens. This is the heavy burden because some of you right now are thinking, you're, you're like, wait a minute, I... I I don't know if, if I can do this. I, I get it. So, so here, if all of you have heavy burdens and I will give you rest. So this margin is, in essence, according, is created by God. Take my yoke upon you. L let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If you want margin and you don't know how to get it, if you feel the pressures of life, step one, we need to start handing these pressures over to God. Now, why? Well, let me show you. If, if you didn't grow up around uh, yokes, uh, let, let, let me teach you something that, that I've learned. Uh, there, the main purpose for this yoke, the main purpose was it controlled the pace and it also would carry the burden. It, it would mean that, that one wouldn't get ahead of the other. Oh, one wouldn't get ahead of the other. How often have you found yourself ahead of God? 
hurrying, hurrying, and hurrying, asking God to catch up. Hmm. How often have you found yourself where you feel like you're the one and only carrying everything in life? Where the idea of having margin, the idea of working out or, or eating right or having isolated time or praying or reading your Bible or just spending time in worship or even going to church regularly. Oh, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. Well, what if you haven't been doing it right? What if the first step is to go to God? And what he's saying is, uh, join my yoke. Let me help carry the burden. Let me control the pace. But for many of us, we've been giving excuses and excuses. And here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Don't let your burdens become your excuses. This new normal needs to have far fewer excuses. Now, now, this first step. We're a church that likes to talk about next steps. You know, how do I walk this out? Like, what's the main agenda? How do I lean into this? Like, okay, okay, okay. I, I need to make sure that I'm doing the most important and when I'm supposed to do the most important, I need to make sure that I don't like let my life get out of control. Like, okay, okay, wh- wh- what is it? What, here, scripture teaches us again. That's why we, the Bible is so powerful. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Here, perhaps this becomes the mantra. Perhaps this becomes like what what fuels you now and post-pandemic. What if you and I leaned it this way and said, you know what we're gonna do? Be still. What if you started your day that way or ended it where you're just still and saying, you know what, God? I need help with my burdens and I need help with the pace. I hope you'll lean into this. In fact, here's my guess. Some of you, uh, even as you, as you watch this sermon and you're part of this, you're maybe on your phone or your TV or computer. I don't know how you're watching it, but, but I wonder if you've kind of been hurrying. Kind of, okay, 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 I got this. No, 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 no. Maybe you need to even rewatch this and learn to be still. The new normal requires that you learn to be still and know who is God. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for letting us gather like this. Thank you for letting us learn from you. Lord, would you help us to get rid of hurry and to be better at loving ourselves, loving others, and especially loving you. God, thank you for your work in our hearts. We give you our time and ask that you determine it, that you lead it. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.